Hello, freaks, and welcome to Rattle. Yes, we're keeping that in. Yep. (laughs) Hello, freaks, and welcome to Radical Research. This is episode 81. Good year for music, 81. It's a pretty good year for music. And tonight, we are paying tribute to one of our favorite drummers, a gentleman who has gotten... Too little praise for his good works over the years. Tonight, we are setting the record straight. Talking about Dave Murray, folks. And this motherfucker ain't never been an Iron Maiden. We talk about underrated bands and artists a lot on this podcast. He's truly the the textbook definition. I, I don't know that we've ever actually featured an artist that has been less rated than Dave. He's an extraordinary drummer in every sense of the word. And he's an extraordinary composer. And, and, and he picks good roles, you know, like, like a good actor will pick great scripts. Yeah. He, he, he throws himself into some things that are really high quality. Granted, two of those, well, I guess even three, Stratosphere, are things he was at on the ground floor. But I just feel like just the tentacles he's put out so far are pretty amazing. And I'd like to see him do a lot more, but that's also an, no, yeah, maybe yeah, a conversation for another time. Yeah, yeah he's an, a, an artist of uh, deep discretion. Absolutely. Yep. So let's start with the stratosphere. Um, I think we've both had a complicated relationship with the stratosphere over the years. Um, Mm. I remember being in a parking lot at Manifest, but not the Charlotte one. It was elsewhere. Columbia. Columbia. Thank you. Yeah, I was visiting you down there. Uh, It was the the weekend of the Monster Magnet uh, baby beer game. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I remember we ate a shit ton of breakfast at IHOP before this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow yes i'd never never record shop on a full stomach you just won't buy anything you just just keep waiting for a couch to appear but yeah no uh, so so we were in the parking lot and we got into a conversation about a stratosphere who was new to both of us at the time i believe and we had we made a trade in the car that i would get buck fever for something that i gave you is that right yeah yeah it was a miles davis box set it was oh the uh, jack johnson box set wait 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 how did i get the box set I, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, maybe you gave me money for it, <laughs> or something. Like, here, I remember. I remember <laughs> here, and look, here's what I remember you saying to me: is that Dave Murray would appreciate that you made this trade. Interesting. Okay, so maybe you gave I, me money for it. Because, I think like, I, did, I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I think I got maybe this. Was, was it a we trade? were. All, I think I was already. Or, like maybe I had buck fever in my bag and then i I was like i need this box set yeah maybe that maybe that was it i helped you with the miles davis box set by giving me cash because the way you said it i was like you're hustling the stratosphere cds for cash in a parking (laughs) lot in columbia to some of your best friends (laughs) sounds very much like me yeah that sounds like something the the kids are known for i hustle shit shit parking parking lots in the south son Dirty, usually, usually compact discs. Dirty, yes, dirty, son. Dirty, 
Dirty CDs, son. Dirty CDs, dirty <laughs> Sal. Anyway. Motherfucker, come see me. But I think I was into Deserts of Tron early. Like, I kind of latched onto that pretty quickly. And I think I went back and sort of got curious about a stratosphere. And well, I, I turned and I, you onto that, didn't I? Yes. Yes, I okay. think you did. Well, yeah. So you, you were my gateway to Murray. So thank you. Uh, well, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank, uh, thank you, Dave. But but a stratosphere. Let's 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 talk about them and listen to a little okay. bit because he was a big part of that band. Um, so yeah, yeah, so it is a complicated history um, because my favorite Stratosphere album, um, Dave's not on. Same, yeah, yeah. Palace of Mirrors. Yep. But the stuff he did with that band, the first three albums, there's some great stuff all over those albums. Absolutely. I just find them wildly inconsistent. But I sort they of are think that's yes, I totally agree. And it's kind of and, the idea. And, and, and I think that it is telling how completely consistent Dave's solo adventures are. Mm-hmm. Tholus yep. and Desert Tron. Tron. Yep. So I think that whatever misgivings you and I have about these early Astronosphere records probably have less to say about Dave than the other writers. Yeah, and the other writers are no slouches. These are guys that have no, played, I mean, played live with uh, Mr. Bungle, uh, Secret Chiefs Three. I mean, yeah. you know, look, look, and that's and that's where that's the sort of atmosphere Estratosphere was in that sort of world, uh, the genre hopping, you know, fast uh, fast switch sort of stuff. Uh, yep. I, I just have no idea how to describe all that, but it's just it's wildly fun and experimental and interesting at at, at its worst. So let's get into it. These are a couple from Buck Fever, the second Astratosphere album. And uh, anything you w- want to say before we launch in? <laughs> well, I, I love the fact that it's called Buck Fever. <laughs> well, and the cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you would love the Bucks since you're, you know, trading in cash and parking lots. So, you know. It's oh, yeah. All about the Bucks. No, dude, shit. We, you know, horns are currency, too. You've got a 10 point, 12 point.
I feel like that's a great distillation of the general astratosphere approach, although I know we're loath to put any kind of label on them because that's very dangerous with a band like this. Sure. That's basically just indescribable, but does a certain few things well. But those two songs show it. Obviously, the more metallic aspects merging with the, the frantic gypsy psychedelia of Millennium Child. And then the first song, Bounty Hunter, I mean... There's more going on in that song that we didn't play and certainly throughout the whole Buck Fever album and the whole Estratosphere discography. But the only problem I really have with them or even caveat for some people who aren't that familiar is just too much of the gypsy thing, too much of the yeah. salsa thing. Like I, I don't love those kinds of music in general anyway. When they come in in this hybrid, it's sometimes extremely effective and great. And then sometimes I just get really tired of it. I think they lay on. Uh, some of that a little too much just for me that's a just early a on they personal do. thing yes yeah, well yes. And I, I, yeah. I, yeah early on um and i don't feel like they came into their own as composers until pals of mirrors really i think they were showing it a quadropus but that's still got a, a few weird like angles where you're yeah. like oh. but yeah i think they gradually just got better and better i think palace is that peak how do you feel about that? That's also something I can sometimes feel about certain Secret Chiefs 3 albums is too much of that area that I'm just sure. not going to be interested in no matter how well it's done or played. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, you know, Book M, uh, kind of the, the ultimate Secret Chiefs record. Book M's great. Um, yeah, I, like, I have mixed feelings about this because – all the Astratosphere records have amazing moments on them. Um, but I, I feel like they have, early on at least, I feel like they're uneasy about being sincere. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's this sort of overarching irony to their music. And I feel like with uh, Palace of Mirrors, they finally acquiesced to like writing beautiful and sincere music yeah and and weirdly at least for for my own taste i think what i always wanted astratosphere to be on those first three albums um they actually lay off a lot of on palace of mirrors and that's the metal aspect there's yep. some of it yep but it's but not it much yeah it, it, but it's by far their most focused and i think that's why you know one of the reasons it's their best just a, just a beguiling band and interesting. And, and for people like us or anyone into Bungle, Secret Chiefs 3, we could, you know, go outside of that California sphere. But you have to lend an ear to this band if you love those bands, uh, which we do. And then let's not talk about Dave's drumming yet. I mean, he did a lot of great stuff in Astratosphere, but I think when he got into Tholus and Tron, certainly his own brain children, mm. that's when his drumming becomes something that I think is just super top tier. He is, in my estimation, one of the greatest living drummers. I cannot say enough about Dave. Let's listen to him then in a different context. This is something from a band called Tholus. An album appeared in 2007 called Constant. And of course, he's not the only remarkable player on this thing. But um, as I understand, he did partly or largely spearhead it. And you and I both went crazy for this album when it came out, with good reason. It's, as with everything, Dave, it's extremely underrated. Uh, I want to read you a quote that I found on Discogs about it after we listened to this song. But uh, we're going to play a few yeah. things from Constant. Cool. This is Tholus. This is a bit of a song called Protocultures. Wait, yeah. 
mayhem do you think this is the truest purest successor to the groundwork laid out in 1993 by numerous bands that we probably don't even have to name yeah absolutely it, because the culture in death metal by this time had shifted completely into you know the pure sort of post hate eternal post nile you know brutality mm -hmm. um and, and and yeah this this takes that that open-ended, pluralistic, uh, 1993 spirit and turns it into something else entirely. Um, I feel like all the possibility of 1993 is expressed in this album. The way I also think about 1993 is the way I think about um, something like Separation, who were there. We obviously covered them the previous episode. Um, but how, how they managed to be extremely heavy and brutal without over-trying to do that the way I think yep. a Hate Eternal does. Um, and that's fine. That's what they do. But Tholus rather are just more, so much more fluid. And mm -hmm. a lot of that's Dave's drumming, but a lot of it's just, if you listen to everything else, I mean, the guitar work is extraordinary on this. It's very creative. It's very crafty. Uh, the bass playing is high. high no, level. the bass playing is incredible. Yeah. And I think the vocalist does a good job. I think he does a really I do good too. job. Yep. I wouldn't say he's extremely amazing, but he does a great job. So 
Yeah. So uh, this is a, this is an album. Uh, you're going to hear the word underrated a lot, underappreciated. Uh, maybe just, I, I don't know what else we can throw at it, but it, I don't uh, know that it's, it's rated at all. It's sad. It's got no reviews on metal archives. It's got, you look on discogs and it's got um, maybe 30 people own it. Um, and I know that's not, you know, no, none of those things are the, the ultimate gauge, but they're somewhat of a gauge, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just, and, and, you know, nobody talks about it. Nobody. And, you know, by the way, copies can be gotten on Discogs or a four or five in mint condition or near mint for like less than 10 or around 10. You'd be a fool if you're, if you're into this to not buy that. That's, that's our little plug for. Uh, buy it. Right? Yeah. Buy it. Buy it. Um, what I wanted to do was, I, as I was poking around in Discogs, looking at all that, uh, I came across the one and only review that's on Discogs for the album, and it is a guy that gets it. So somebody out there gets it. It was written by OXEX, and the last name is Maharela, M-A-H-O-R-E-L-A. I have no idea how to pronounce. Credit where it's due. Uh, he says, these guys are totally unheard of, but if you like death metal, just buy it sickest drums you'll ever hear and nice fat riffage there's a fair bit of odd timing and a couple of jazzy sections bass solos all over the place crazy guitar solos from kevin Kometz, but the drums are where it's at anyone who is impressed by all these death metal drummers haven't heard dave murray he's an insane jazz master and absolutely the best from death metal like a less aggressive john longstreth origin or flo uh, mounier from cryptopsy with more jazz pisses all over everybody yeah <laughs> so that's pretty much yeah I could have just like read the last sentence, but I love that he's he's calling it a less aggressive long strength or flow. I, I, and I think he's right. I think he he plays on that level, but he plays with that lighter jazzy feel. I almost picture him like blasting in traditional grip or jazz grip. All due respect to John and Flo, but Dave's on a whole other level. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, those guys have stayed purely in the metal range. And Dave yep. obviously has a handle on metal and many other things. And I think that's what, you know, maybe where the, the divide is there. Shall we listen to Involuntary, the other track? Let's. Constant. And we have yet another one after that. Indeed, actually, we, let, in, let, indeed we do. Let's yes. put them together. Let's listen to Involuntary right. and a little and bit speculum. of Speculum. Speculum, which uh, Speculum of the New Race is the final song in the album. And man, I think maybe my favorite probably mine too Oof, we agree again that way how odd <laughs> hey yeah wait for it all right if nasa were to discover extraterrestrials the social consequences conceivably could lead to the quote disintegration of civilization <laughs> Artifacts, 
could listen to that all day, but then they only have one album and uh, it's only 45 minutes long. And I don't know how many times that goes into 24 hours, but it's a lot. Yeah. I, I just wish there was more. Yeah. The, the riffing on that reminds me of Dolly's melting clocks. Wow. Interesting. It like literally that. sounds like the riffs are melting. Well, look, I mean, when metal gets surreal, no matter what kind of subgenre of metal it is, we, I think, this is where we want to live. Yeah. Um, so I, I, and I think it does that admirably. Absolutely. It, it actually kind of nails it. So yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I love this thing. I, it's again, so fucking underrated. One artistic aspect I like about it is the layout of the booklet. Also really great logo. I love the Thomas logo. I think it's love by far. Yeah. It's so much better than most decent death metal logos. It's, yep. it's fantastic. There's a lot of samples on this, a lot of speech, a lot of dialogue, uh, not a ton, but enough that it reminds me of Carcass's third album. Oh, right? yeah. Necroticism. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, just... and, and that's a stated influence. Well, sure. We could go on, but I guess we shan't. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Tholus. You were not forgotten. Let's move on to something Dave did, I think, the following year. Uh, and interesting, yep. interestingly, you you are uh, succeeding, Dave, in sculpture. Oh, 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 oh. It, what? Yeah. No, I, I have a lot of um, insecurity and, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, a, lot, a lot of emotions, bad emotions about this. Very honored to be a part of this band now. Yeah. Very shamed to follow Dave because no, well, I, am, I mean, okay, uh, I, yeah. I am a. I'm a fraction of Dave as a drummer, but uh, Marty anyway. Hill is, Marty Hill's on Liminal Phase though, so yes, uh, yeah, Marty's on Liminal. Yeah, but um, um, and I think you can hang, and I think you are every bit every bit qualified as these guys. No, no question about it. Uh, not saying that because you're one of my best friends, but you are a fantastic drummer. I think it's great that you're, uh, you know, you're going to sit on a on a drum throne of, of sorts that that Dave did as well. So, well, uh, thank you, sir. Uh, but still <laughs> yeah let's talk about uh sculpture for a little bit yeah you know, obviously this is something that dave just was a, a guest in again wish you'd do more of this kind of stuff i'd love to hear him in different contexts but uh as it yeah as this it, is a as it yeah is. this is a really interesting record too you know they took a an eight-year hiatus because um don and jason were in agaloc and agaloc got really big and you know they spent most of their time doing that for a while and then don wrote this album which is essentially like a serial 12 tone death metal album yeah and so dave murray perfect guy for this album Shall we listen to the opening track? We shall. Taking my body apart.
So I, I think we can hear Dave there quite clearly. If I didn't know, if I didn't know yeah. he was in that, I would go, wow, that's really Murray-esque. I mean, he's got a style. He does. As a, as a drummer and as somebody uh, who will be playing on the next Sculptured album, like, how would you describe his style, uh, both as it applies to Sculptured here and just sort of in general? Because, he, you know, it really is signature right there. Yeah, I mean, a heavy fusion influence. Mm -hmm. um a lot of you know rudimental elements but he takes a lot of poetic license with that he he has a really really aggressive approach on the sculptured record um, it is like it is, he, he yeah. really like yeah he's got like a very kind of extroverted approach to this material yeah, uh, he's he's a bit busier maybe than what we've heard him on. Even Tholus, I think. Um, yeah, I think, I think material requires it. I also, even though you said uh, you know he's he's very upfront and aggressive, I still think there's something about his approach. Just and this is why one of the reasons I say I would be able to recognize him is that there's still that sort of restraint that jazz often calls for, where you can be killing in jazz but still. Uh, not overbeating things, right? You're not bashing. I, I it, it, you're not bashing yeah. and being brash and loud and 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 shrill. Uh, it's 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 this kind of more controlled thing. It's hard for me to verbalize. Uh, but well, I, I think it's a, a melodic understanding. Yes, and yeah, approaching okay. the the drums not only as a rhythm instrument but also as a melodic instrument. And he yeah. will phrase his drum parts around the guitars and he you know he states things melodically like it, it just got a very evolved approach to the drums altogether beautiful yeah that's well there you go we'd be remiss not to mention this lineup jason walton and don anderson from agalock of course as you said we love both those guys andy winter on keyboards this is a yep. guy that was born in norway he's been in some interesting bands uh, he's, of course, uh, behind Winds, who are a band that never escapes our notice. They've got, it's basically, you know, a couple guys from Arcturus that we love, uh, Hellhammer and Tiedemann, Tiedemann. He's been in Age of Silence, which, of course, featured, mm. uh, what's his name from Solifold? <laughs> basically, like, yeah, the, the end. Yeah, the end record. A Andy, Andy Winter go. is the, uh, yeah, the, the end house keyboardist. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's also in snares and snares of sixes. Uh, yeah. What else? He's done some solo stuff. He's he was on that self spiller album, which I really enjoy. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. I don't know think I've mentioned this on the podcast or not, but I ate really really great gourmet cheese with him one time in Vancouver, British Columbia. <laughs> he lives yeah. in Canada, right? Yes. Yeah, he's a transplanted Norwegian. He's been in uh, Canada as long as I've known him. Anyway, I don't know the history. No, of I think he's, he's yeah, there. he's been there for a long. Time. We were in touch for a good while back in the end days, and he's a great dude, absolutely great dude. So um, sculptured, yeah, great. Uh, and I think he's on the liminal phase. And will he be on the album he playing on? He's not. Oh, he's not. Okay. No, okay. no, no. I I've he's... I heard he doesn't like you very much. He was like, "Oh, you got Hunter again? <laughs> Fuck that guy. I'm out." Yeah, I know. That's that's pretty much how it went down, man. <laughs> it, it rocked Blabbermouth servers when that news went out. I, I remember it was a uh, it was a TMZ shit show. Yep. <laughs> if, if if you know if anything gets the uh, gets the, uh, the the waves rolling, it's me and Andy Winter. Yeah, well, no, there's there's no doubt about this. And I, yeah, our timeless rivalry. 
So let's back up a few years uh, between <laughs> between the Stratosphere and Tholus. Dave Murray debuted perhaps the most important uh, musical project of his career. At the time, it was called The Deserts of Tron. The band was. It's now been shortened to Tron. Uh, he put out an album that was uh, kind of intriguingly called Part Three, The Lilac Moon. So we're <laughs> getting a Part Three as a debut. You and I and Tim Hammond and some of our other friends went bonkers for this when it came out. Um, absolutely i think you turned you turned me on to it how did you get into it was it through the whole i um i yeah it was um yeah like i actually it was this swedish guy i I don't know his name um he he had a handle online inside the left what's that uh that uh mashuga song inside what's left behind or okay on um yeah on uh yeah destroy race of proof I think it's inside what's left behind. Anyway, so this it was, was his a, handle. Yeah, this was his handle. And um, yeah, he was a really, really in the know dude about a lot of, you know, experimental um, rock and metal and such. And he actually turned me on to a stratosphere the year before, but he was very keen on Dave's drumming. And uh, it, he talked about, that's what's a Tron. And I don't even, I, I, God, I don't remember where I bought that slipcover thing. It wasn't <laughs> from Wayside. I, I really don't remember where I bought it, uh, but I remember getting it. And I, it, I think you came down to Columbia that that was the monster magnet weekend. Uh-huh. And I think that I played it for you then and you went, batshit for it as i was buck fever weekend as well yeah okay okay yeah 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 it was just a a dave murray weekend yeah yeah interesting so yeah and and it only came out as that slip case and that was always frustrating (laughs) and what's even more frustrating as as we might as well just talk about it now because the rest of the show will be tron the stuff he did in 2017 when tron returned is only digital there's no physical manifestation whatsoever and, which and what's yeah what's so frustrating is that he has this incredibly robust concept uh, yeah. for the the artwork the you know the whole thing yeah. and can't find anybody willing to fund it and that's a real shame I will say though, as you you and I are basically, we're not curmudgeons for you, you use Spotify, you use YouTube, I now use Title. Sure. It's all cool. We're not Luddites in terms of you know streaming services, but as you're saying, I think this stuff would lend itself even better to a physical release. However, I do, um, I do, I do have a well. <laughs> you have a well. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm not the Luddite then because I'm on city water right now. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see what's what's a segue from Greensboro Utilities back to Dave Murray anyway yeah so so I I would like to announce my my concept for Radical Research Records as being something I think we really need to tackle 2023 because that corner 10 inch that that I've fantasized to you about that I think you're like yeah go for it dude I think that's one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. Having okay, said okay. that, I am probably one of the only people on earth that would have. I remember when we were tracking Arclight, Jamie was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Uh, corner split tribute. Yes. But I'm yes, just saying, yes. like, I think anything that it, like, you know how much I love Corner. Of course. They're like one of my favorite bands ever. Of course. But still, 
your fantasy about that okay. whole thing is I'll insane. That. I could sell 500 and that's the thing. I wouldn't, we wouldn't press. And could I, I, you? Oh yeah. Look, 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 okay. Okay. Listeners, you, you, you write in, you let us know if there are even 10 of you that write in, we can sell 500 corner released that self-titled collection in what was it? Nine mid nine 95 after grin. And there were some new songs on it. And then there were a ton of like old stuff, you know, cover songs or whatever. As a collection, it's pretty good. I think the new tracks are pretty good. You're a person who likes Grin. I think yes. that I don't love Grin, but, and the new tracks to me are like Grin, but maybe spacier and a little lighter. And I like that. I like where they you don't. Went. You don't love Grin? I have problems with Grin. Maybe that's a good show for us to do because I, I love parts of it. I think it could have been trimmed big time, big time. It's long, um, yeah. but I mean, like, but I don't yeah, like some yeah. of the, I don't even like some of the riffing approach or the arrangement approach in terms of what they're doing with that style. Cause that was a, that was the biggest shift they ever made was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. Much, yeah. I love Tommy T. Barron's work on that. I think it may be his best album, but, but as a whole, it's I have probably Marky's best album too. Mm, I wouldn't say that. But, well, I, I would, I just I, did. I think we're going to argue about that. Oh, you son, you son of a you bitch. Son of a motherfucking <laughs> God <damn it. laughs> So anyway, so, so the corner, so let's get back to the corner thing. So, so the blue, right. the blue 10 inch vinyl that I want to put out is RR001 is that cover, which is, has that strip and the guys in that blue light, which I think is just great cover. Put the four new songs on it. Shifter, uh, golden cashmere sleeper part one and two, whatever the other one is put those on a 10 inch. Cause they would fit on a 10 inch those songs were the last thing that it, they ever recorded to date even um, mm-hmm. and deserve their own release. So mm-hmm. that's my idea. I could press 500 and sell all of them and probably break even. You doubt me. So you know what? I'll I mean, be, I'll buy one, but I do. Doubt I'll you. be radical yeah. research records. I won't involve you, buddy. You can just buy <laughs> we can, we can line up with the rest of them to buy one. No, I have to want you, shit. you can get in your free numbered copy. And the next project for Radical Research Records, you'll come back into. We'll repair the bridges. You'll come back in. We'll release the three Tron EPs that came out in 2017 on. Oh, I'd love that. Uh, 10, love or, that. 10 or 12 inch. I think 10 would be better because they're usually about, they're about 20 to yeah, 25 minutes. They are. Yeah. Maybe 45 RPM pressing. Nice thick grooves. I mean, I would like happily go into debt for that. So we, we've gone off on a huge tangent because of this slipcase thing. Part three, the Lilac Moon in 2003 came out on. It was, yeah. it was a shame. But I remember I was at the end records and I was a buyer at the time. I brought that in and there was no distribution for that anywhere. I don't think it was on Amazon. I, I think Dave had a small website that, you know, unfortunately not a lot of people visited. We brought it in for the end and we sold a ton. We, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say 100 to 200. I can't remember. Exactly. I really don't remember how I bought it. Yeah, so not yeah. from the end because it was before. No. So anyway, we love this band. We love Tron. We're gonna zip through their stuff. Let's play a couple from the 2003 debut where it all started. This is Escape from the Crystal Caverns and the Uncompromising Blizzard. I grew up in Iowa. Every blizzard is uncompromising.
Jeff. Yeah. Dude, this is this a Tholus track. Hey, wait, stop. Stop. Wait a minute. The uncompromising blizzard. Were you telling me that as like, hold on. Dude, that's I, a Tholus song. You fucked up. I'm like, I, I was just listen, <laughs> listening to that going, how did I not hear that before? I'm going to play the, because I know this album, Uncompromising Blizzard. But listen, dude, listen. Why do I have this as Uncompromising Blizzard in my eyes? I don't know. Listen, because, okay. Here's the thing. I'm just telling you that that's a Tholus song. I know it is, but what I'm saying is, like, I don't think I fucked up. I think that's, I think that's. Is the, it? It's the, well, I mean, okay. Here's the kit. Get out your copy. God damn, that dude. That, now I'm not going in there. Hold on, hold on. We're going there. Live. I'm, a, I'm a long. I'm a long way from my physical copy. No, no, okay, okay, yeah. Let me get it. I got it. I got it. I'm gonna. Damn, it is it? That's I'm crazy. It one second. One second. This is weird. Deserts of Tron. Right between Demolich and Destiny's End. I collect. <laughs> oh, I'm, man, I've got that one Destiny's End song. Transition? Yeah. Incredible. It's a great song. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite power metal, heavy metal songs of all time. It's an amazing song. Yep. Uh, let's see here. So I'm putting in the CD of the Deserts of Tron. There it is. Now I'm going to try to put this up to the mic, my headphones. All right. And play Uncompromising Blizzard. Yep. <laughs> okay, dude. I didn't fuck up. <laughs> dude, what the shit? <laughs> okay, so. So he used that. So he used that. Yeah. I've heard it before. And here's the thing with Tron. There, and especially once you get into the 2017 EPs, which we will. But once you start listening to those, you recognize some old themes from this earlier Deserts of Tron album. And apparently Tholus. Because when, when Tholus came out, there was a familiarity to the blasting and then the trilling. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I never put it together that the uncompromising blizzard by tron was the basis for that tholus song and, and i think that isn't that involuntary yeah yeah there we go wow. so you can learn a lot of things by listening to radical research nothing useful it won't get you a job or or a girl but um it will it will almost certainly ensure that you will get neither a job nor a girl it'll it'll offer obscurity and just a little bit of great trivial knowledge in the area um you're welcome we've never been so flummoxed i know it's kind of amazing um so there you go let me let me uh let me get my bearings together it, it is kind of nuts anyway so it took dave a while to follow up tron and when he did he released with the help of some great musicians and a couple guys that uh, are from Astratosphere as well, uh, but but a, quite a clutch of guys and I think a couple gals. He did these three EPs in 2017, which 
you bought right, right away when they came out. I have just gotten into them this year because they were digital. They were invisible to me until recently and my whole title thing. You got them right away. What were your thoughts? We didn't really talk about them much at the time. So it's complicated because like you, it didn't quite seem real because there wasn't a physical. I feel like such a curmudgeon saying that. Well, no, but a, but a zealot, a zealot. Um, it's always a fair thing to say. So don't because you know. it's 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 not Dave's fault. Of course, but it, it just didn't quite seem real to me. But um, I mean, musically, the the guy's a visionary. Yeah, and his vision carries on through you know these these EPs, and, and it's all connected. Yeah, you know, like Dave has this very solid concept that he has carried across multiple bands, multiple contexts, and it, it flows right through this new uh, Deserts of Tron music. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't add to that and make it, make it uh, better or more cogent. I mean, that, that's exactly it. I think these three Tron EPs, and again, I'm new to them, and maybe it's just that excitement, but I would put it up there with every anything he's ever done in terms of like mm-hmm. what's the best thing he's ever done. I think this is every bit as good as the 2003 album. Uh, I like I have as much passion for it as I do Tholus, and uh, this is this this and Tholus are they're beyond reproach. There's nothing here that I would change. I think the span of these three Tron EPs are are the widest that he's ever done. I think the artwork is the best that he's been involved with. I, I just, I love everything about them. And I love the shortness. I love that you can di- digest these. It's a large concept, but broken into these little bits, it makes a sense. And, you know, there's a lot to take in here. In fact, one of my biggest takeaways from these three EPs is it reminds me of Diabolical Masquerade's Death Design, because mm. all the musical material is top notch. It's vivid, it's cinematic, but the scenes change so rapidly. And that's what I like about this. That's what I like about this design. That's a great comparison. What we're going to do is just take samplings of each EP. We're going to start with, there's a certain order you're supposed to listen to these in too. Uh, one, the first one is the Lilac Moon, not to be confused with part three, the Lilac Moon. <laughs> uh, but the Lilac Moon and then the Black Metal Princess and Escape from Spa 9. So we're going to listen to a couple from the Lilac Moon. The first one's called In of the Dreaded Hippie, and the second one's called Brig to Nowhere.
And yet again, Bobles <laughs> makes an appearance. <laughs> so wait a minute. Do we have the blast and then that trill again, that hammer-on trill? Is that, yes. is that? What the fuck? Yeah. Okay, I picked this da- snippet. Dave is, Dave is playing with us. I picked this snippet. I picked the uncompromising blizzard, and you picked involuntary. <laughs> we, we Okay, look, and, and I knew that that was a sort of somewhere thematic, but I didn't know exactly what. We did never we did not know to this extent. That's that's weird. I love it. I love that it's threaded in. This won't be the only time we hear themes throughout Deserts of Tron or, or Tron, but it is where I think we're realizing that Tholus was something that is a little bit more intertwined to Tron than we than we once imagined. Is that fair to yeah. say? Yeah, but I, yeah, I I think it's just you know another extension of you know, Dave's concept. The thematic nature of everything. Yeah. There's a, on the 2003 album, there's Descending the Crystal Mountain, and that appears on this later 2017 material. I spotted it right away the first time I listened to these EPs uh, in a song called Ervalis. And then there's another repeating theme from the 2003 album's Detective in Disguise. This is reprised on the Black Metal Princess EP as Malfunction. So it's fun to play with the thematic tie-ins as well as the plethora of new material that he gives us as well we're going to move on to the black metal princess ep i know that when i had some contact with dave or the most contact with dave when i was buying these deserts of tron slipcases for the end he was massively into demi Borgir, and he seemed to lean towards some of the more symphonic black metal at the time yeah. stuff that was still you know it wasn't it wasn't horrible it was pretty severe stuff still and he was picking up i think a lot of stuff from that material we don't really hear it a ton on on this ep although throughout tron there are black metal references i guess we could yeah say. absolutely any any thoughts on that do you, do you hear that influence? yeah well that was in uh you know a stratosphere too Sure, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And and I um I actually interviewed Dave after Tholus came out. Right. For uh Lamentations of the Flame Princess. And I think Jim, who is a friend of ours and was a very early uh sponsor and supporter of radical research. Yep. Um, he folded the magazine before it ever went to press. Uh, okay. And so I, the contents of that interview are essentially lost to time. But he and I talked a little bit about that. And yeah, he was a very, very big enthusiast of the, the symphonic uh, arm of black metal at the yep. time. And, and particularly in Throne era uh demo okay yeah third third album fourth album yeah Yeah. obviously for him black metal is a is a part of this i don't think he's certainly not trying to say that the black metal princess ep has a whole lot to do with the music itself it's something different and and possibly deeper for him i don't care we're certainly not black metal snobs over here so uh (laughs) fine with us uh this is a this is these are two different snippets uh, most of the songs actually a lot of these songs run on the shorter side as the eps do as well 20 to 25 minutes this is an undisclosed location and the terrace computer probably my favorite song title of the evening the terrace computer <laughs> what kind of computer sits on a terrace like isn't it doing something or is it a, a badass one it's on vacation yeah, uh, the terrace computer 
Yeah, it's looking out over the Mediterranean. Whatever you say, brother. The barrier to the east has been deactivated. But that is not possible. It has been deactivated. I think the terrorist computer is really interesting because as wide of a span as Dave has covered so far in his career, uh, this is actually getting into some, I think, some pretty new territory. It's sort of like how I would imagine like Kid A meets Square Pusher meets, uh, God, I I probably lack lack reference for the rest of it. No, no, there's definitely a lot of uh, like early 2000s warp influence going More on here kind of cut sure. up cut up just yep. i mean talk about quick scene changes yet 
I think the instrumentation is really key on that one. Um, tons of keyboards, electronics, glitchy digital noises. It's just, it's great. And um, this is why we love this guy. <laughs> and, it, it, and it is, it's not just gimmickry. The composition is still there. Well, and right. Yeah. You, you're right. Exactly. That's why we love Dave Murray because yeah. even, you know, with all the smoke and mirrors, there's such deep substance to what he's doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think the passion and the color and the, just the, the sort of blinding approach, it's just like, he's um, he's clearly inspired. And I think that obviously uh, is part of making a great artist. As we've said before, this goes along with that whole underrated thing that, that uh, is over said, <laughs> but Dave, I, I wish he would just do a little more. I wish he had more out there not only for our own selfish reasons, but just for the world, the, the, the small world that loves him. Yeah. Um, he's just, um, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a pleasure to listen to. No, no question. Let's move on to escape from spa nine. This is the third and final EP from 2017. We're going to listen to two. Uh, we'll leave you with a third before we go out, but this is making haste and mayor of ghost town. <laughs> God's sake.
support the man. We will mayor, leave- mayor of Ghost Town could be a gorilla's track. Yeah, literally a like a a charting hit. I agree. Uh, lengthen it a little bit. Put more of the vocal in, uh, and that's something we don't hear in Tron hardly ever. Is is vocal, but yep. there it is. Uh, we'll put a link to the Tron Bandcamp page, which is where Radical Research bought its digital copies. You know, and I know you did five years ago. Good man. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And this is like Terra's computer. It's one of those tracks that does something even newer for Tron. Something yep. different. Something uh, it adds to the the resume. Yeah, and I love making. Yeah, hits. I mean, it I mean, just yeah. it, it speaks to, you know, Dave's accomplishment as a composer too, because he's capable of navigating these incredible, you know, big band arrangements, but also, you know, straightforward pop music. Here I go getting tragic again, but it is again underrated. I feel like a ton more people would like that than have ever heard it, yep, uh, or probably ever will. Uh, but yeah, man, that's great stuff. We're going to leave you. Uh, we don't even know what 82 is. Uh, we've talked about another Dave, Dave Stewart from the Canterbury scene, uh, one of our favorite keyboardists ever. We might do him. We might do uh, Gigan. We might do... I want to do Dave Stewart. <laughs> well, though, and we can also say, just like Dave Murray is not Dave Murray and Vire Maiden, we can also say this Dave Stewart is not that Dave Stewart. Of <laughs> not that Dave, not Eurythmics. Dave not Stewart, Eurythmics, no. exactly. Uh, yeah. But all, the, all these all these people are to be respected. I think we we don't have any hate for. Yeah, them. no, 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 no. We love, we love Iron Maiden. And of course, I totally respect Eurythmics. So. I'm with I'm with you on both counts. Uh, and I um I, uh, I I made a promise to my friend Paul Stolp. I promised Paul that before Voivod we would do an Abigor episode. Voivod so that's is going to happen. Voivod is 100. Yep. Well, I think we just laid out the, the next three. Why don't we okay. just do Dave Stewart next? Why don't we do Gigan next? Why don't we do Abigor next? Okay, perfect. Okay. Uh, perfect. Is- oh, man, we're solving the world's problems. Off- well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in, a, in a manner of speaking. In a manner of speaking. <laughs> we're going to leave you with uh, the title track from Escape from Spa 9. Uh, we wish you well. We, we love all of you. We, we're always blown away by seeing what you were listening to via our playlist posts on the Facebook page. It's, it's just incredible that there are that many people out there listening to so much uh, amazing music that we can also get our heads around or, or in some ways uh, be turned on to also you and I, speaking of listeners, turning us on to music, we've talked about doing, maybe this will be the 85th episode. Uh, Mm. Some listener out there turning us that knows what we like and what we maybe either don't like, or just haven't heard through the podcast, through the playlist posts, turning us on to, you know, maybe nine or 10 tracks, you know, that was heretofore unknown to us. I think that'd be fun. I think it'd be different. And uh, I'm up for the challenge. I know you are. So love that. just putting that out there in case you think you're, you're the one that wants to send us nine or 10 MP3s uh, of something we don't, don't know a whole lot about. Uh, just don't make it your own band because your, your band sucks. Fuck your band. <laughs> okay. Escape from Spa 9. We love you all, despite the fact that your band sucks. 